What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. We have a bit of a break in the action. The World Series will not begin until Tuesday night. So let's take some time to kind of catch up with what's been going on around the league for the other 28 teams that are not going to be participating in the World Series. What's going on with them? So we'll start with some teams that just recently finished playing. You know, the Giants, they have some news coming out of their camp. Farhan Zaidi appeared on a show, podcast, whatever, to discuss a bunch of topics about the team, uh, their past and the future, where they're going. But generally speaking, this winter, the Giants have a lot of options. Okay, they have different paths that they can take. Obviously, they're going to want to continue to contend. So that's going to be priority number one, but how are they going to approach that? They have a lot of contracts coming off the books once free agency begins. So they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to fill a bunch of holes, but they will have money to spend to do so. And they could look to use that money to assemble a team very similar to what they just had this year, won 107 games, or they could go with a completely different look. But Farhan Zaidi believes that the success the Giants had this year should make them an attractive destination for potential signings. I think it's true. I think he's very right. I mean, somehow the Giants have found a way to maximize the talents of veterans they've brought in in recent years. Anthony DeScafani, Darren Ruff, Alex Wood, all these guys over 30 years old did some of their best work in 2021 with the Giants. And then obviously you have the core guys, Belt, Crawford, Posey, 33 and older, excellent seasons. But they might have the money to go splurge. They don't have to get that, you know, that under-the-radar veteran. They could just go out and sign one of the big names. I mean, it's going to be a pretty darn good free agent class. But who knows what they're going to do, honestly. They will have a lot of flexibility. But I honestly, my gut tells me that the Giants will probably assemble a very similar team to what they did this year. They went out and, you know, they got some role players that can hit left-handed pitching, for example. Your platoon your platoon guys, your Wilmer Flores, is, things like that. Um, you know, you still have Longoria under contract for one more year. And a bunch of outfield options in the fold. But Farhan Zaidi didn't really tip his hand during this interview. He just said, you know, you look at a list of free agents, and there's some names on the list who've had a lot of success in the past. Maybe they had some injuries and underperformed. And that's pretty much what he said. So he's hinting at maybe that they're going to go out and sign another guy from under the radar. Whatever it is, you trust that his department, his analytics department knows what they're doing. You know, they, they know how to assemble a strong roster. I mean, they are going to lose some pitchers. I, I would say that's probably their biggest area of concern is the pitching. They're going to lose some pitchers to free agency. Gosman's a free agent, Cueto, Descafani, and Alex Wood. All four of those guys are going to be free agents this winter. But then again, you have a list of free agent pitchers, you know, who are going to be on the market. I mean, big names. Not necessarily that the Giants will pursue a guy like Max Scherzer or Clayton Kershaw from a division rival, but those guys are free agents this winter. So we'll see. We'll see, but just know that they have a lot of money to spend, and I expect them to go out and sign some under-the-radar guys. I mean, based on his quote there, he's hinting that maybe some guys who, you know, 
didn't pitch to their full potential due to injury. So whatever that means is what we'll have to wait and see. If we head to Boston, Kyle Schwarber is an impre- is an impending free agent. And, you know, he spoke after the Red Sox were eliminated saying that he could definitely see himself coming back to Boston. He says it's a World Series clubhouse, and I would love to hopefully see if that opportunity comes back. He was saying, you know, this is definitely a clubhouse. I can see myself wanting to stay in. These guys are amazing. And, of course, that would be quite a welcome sight for the Boston Red Sox, considering how well Schwarber played for them this year. I mean, he had a 145 weighted runs created plus on the year across you know both teams, the Nationals and Red Sox, easily his personal best. And he had 3.1 fan graphs war just below his high of 3.2 in 2018. However, he played 24 fewer games this year than he did that year. So he was on pace for a bet or the best war of his career. So based on this excellent season, the best season of his career, Kyle Schwarber is surely going to decline. You know, his half of that mutual option for 2022, which was part of his deal with the Nationals, he's going to take the buyout and head to the open market. He's going to be a free agent, let's be honest. But can the Red Sox bring him back? Because in order to accommodate having Kyle Schwarber around, they moved him to first base, which is not his true position. He's actually a corner outfielder. He's a left fielder. They moved him to first base, and defensively it was obviously, you know, um, it wasn't great because he had to learn a brand-new position, as you would expect. But if he wants to play left field and or DH, which is what he truly should be doing, the Red Sox have a logjam. They have Kike Hernandez, they have Verdugo, Renfro, and J.D. Martinez. That's four outfielders right there. J.D. Martinez is likely going to be their DH, I mean, if we're being honest, because he's not going to opt out of his 2022 deal. So it definitely creates a log jam there. And then they also have Bobby Dahlbeck, who's proven that he can play at the big league level. Maybe they want to give him some playing time so he can develop. Maybe the Red Sox decide that. Or maybe the Red Sox say, no, we're going to go all in. We're going to sign a traditional first baseman. We're going to go ahead and sign a Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rizzo, or Brandon Belt because they know they have someone like Tristan Cassis coming down, coming up the pipeline. They could trade someone like Bobby Dahlbeck. I don't know. Red Sox have a lot of options, which is also good. You know, it's a good problem to have, but maybe Kyle Schwarber doesn't necessarily have a future there. He did his job. He was a deadline acquisition, and he did his job and helped them get deep into the playoffs. So we'll see where he lands up. The latest news on the Cardinals managerial position coming out today. So everyone was pretty shocked when the Cardinals fired Mike Schilt a couple weeks ago. And right now, they're saying that the Cardinals are looking at internal candidates, such as guys like Oliver Marmol and Stubby Clap. To be honest, I, I don't think I've ever heard those guys heard of those guys before. Um, they're looking at internal candidates. But um, the fact that they're already in the Cardinals organization means that John Mozeliak is already familiar with their abilities and their known quantities. I mean, that's kind of what they did with Mike Schilt. He had been with the Cardinals in various capacities for over a decade before he became manager. You know, yeah, so there's that. And it's actually been reported that Matt Holliday is interested in the position. So that's someone, you know, who um, who 
was a former Cardinal, obviously. Um, you know, he has no experience at the big leagues, although he's currently listed as a volunteer assistant at Oklahoma State, where his brother, Josh, is the head coach. But, you know, that's a that's a familiar face with the Cardinals, played with them from 09 to 2016. It would definitely come as a, as a surprise. It definitely would. Um, but nobody really knows. It's things like that happen once in a while, so we'll see what the Cardinals happen to do. So there just isn't really any traction there. Obviously, <laughs> it's we're not even the off season yet. It sounds like it, though, even though we, just because we have a couple of days off until the World Series begins. But it's still good to stay on top of things and see what's going on around the league. The qualifying offer value has been set at $18.4 million. That's going to be a bit of a drop from last year, which was $18.9 million. This is the second time in the history of the QO qualifying offer that it declined from the previous season. It was, yeah, it, it happened once before, uh, pretty much. It's recalculated annually. The way they get it is that they take the average salaries of the 125 highest player, paid players in baseball. So it's a half a million dollar drop from last year. I mean, it's a reflection of the slower market that we saw last offseason because a bunch of teams spent less after they reportedly lost revenue from the pandemic. So $18.4 million, I mean, there are going to be a bunch of players who are offered this, obviously. You know, yeah, this is what happens. This is what happens when a team knows they're going to lose someone to free agency. They'll probably throw a qualifying offer at them because if a player declines a qualifying offer, the team will get draft pick compensation the following year. So that's that's what's going to happen. But players do take it. We saw Marcus Stroman take it last year. We saw Kevin Gosman take it. Jose Obreu, interestingly enough, he took the qualifying offer in November 2019, but then he immediately worked out a longer-term extension with the White Sox, a brand-new contract. So, yeah, I mean, I would say for this offseason – the, the qualifying offer candidates, the guys, you know, who are likely to take it. I, I mean, you never really know who's going to take it. I mean, obviously, you have the top-tier free agents who will not take it. Correa, Freeman, Kershaw, Trevor Story, Semyon. Those guys, they'll get a qualifying offer, but they will not accept it because they're going to get so much more money on the open market. Um, but then there are some guys who, you know, who... who who could take a QO, you know, like a pitcher, for example, a guy like an Anthony DeSclafani with the Giants, you know, $18.4 million. See, the thing with the QO is that you can get qualifying offer twice. Like Gosman, for example, he got a, he took the qualifying offer last year. He can, the Giants cannot extend him another one this year. He's going to be a free agent. So there's nothing necessarily wrong with taking $18.4 million for one year guaranteed and then being guaranteed free agency the following season. I mean, so it's it's a lot of money, honestly, for one year. If you don't think you're going to get the deal you want right now, take $18.4 million. You know, I like to say a bird in the hand is worth more than two in the bush, as the famous saying goes. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, it, it's like, like I mentioned, the guys who did it last year, pitchers, right? Gosman, Stroman, although Abreu did it, but that's a different situation because he worked on an extension. So I could see someone like... Yeah, I guess someone like a Yusei Kikuchi, Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, guys like that taking the QO. But that's still coming in a few months. We'll see what happens there. But thought I would give us a bit of a preview as we are waiting for the World Series. But that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.